This is Masters Cast, the first He-Man and She-Ra podcast, episode number 64 for Sunday, November 18th, 2018. Will you fight for the honor of Grayskull? Grayskull. Hey everyone, thanks for downloading. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratos Macca. And I'm Joshua Lioncourt, also known as just Lioncourt. So we've gathered here today, my friends, to celebrate the biggest event of our lives. <laughs> I've never <laughs> been so alive! <laughs> that didn't take long my voice does not have the range that um <laughs> her famous voice actress has he's been itching to do that like all week yep <laughs> honestly though we all have <laughs> it's the best line <laughs> well of course we're f- referring to the fact that the new dreamworks Shira and the Princesses of Power debuted on Netflix just a few clicks ago. Indeed it did, and it's so good. Ah. So I guess, yeah, what first impressions? Other than Who's it's going first? so good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you have to elaborate a little bit more than that. Fine. Um... <laughs> How about you go first, Josh? I need to gather my thoughts. Okay. All right. Uh, so overall, uh, the series, this series is really, really good. This is not the, the series that I wanted that I going into this. This is, uh, it's much more lighthearted and kind of goofier than I personally would have liked, but for what it is, it's so well done. The the story is really good. There's there's a lot a lot to like here. So even if uh, you know even if you, it isn't exactly what you want, I I would recommend sticking with it and and watching the entire the entire first season that that dropped because there is a lot to like there. I I've found over the years now what I've been a Masters fan for thirty whatever years. And we've got so many different canons and the tone of all of those different things, whether you're talking about Filmation or uh, 2000X for animation, whether you're talking about the Golden Books, whether you're talking about those weird Golden Book videos that they made back in the 80s, all these different things. They've all had uh, different, you know, they've, they've, they've all kind of set different tones for the series, whether it's going to be you know, a little bit darker, a little more serious, a little less so, extremely goofy in some cases. Like this is this is you know just another entry in that, and I can appreciate all those different things for what they are. And I think you have to go into this series being open to appreciate it for what it is, because for what it is, it's really good. Very well stated. Gosh, what can I add to that? Um... As we were talking about before we started this episode, um, 
I'm looking at this as like alternate universe She-Ra and I'm okay with that. Like if you go into this trying to fit it into the bubble of She-Ra canon, whether that be Filmation or if you're trying to fit all of the canons together, yeah, good luck with that already before this even came around. But if you're trying to just shove this into that limited box, you're going to have trouble because it doesn't. There is no He-Man introducing her to the sword. That is completely different this time around. Um, there are a lot of similarities. We still don't know all of the details of her origin and we're not going to this season. That will come later. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's there's some similarity similarities, yes, but also there's definitely some pretty big differences. And if you can look at this as its own separate entity with the characters that you love, but just different takes on them and different takes on this world that you already are invested in, I think you'll enjoy it more than if you're trying to reconcile it with this knowledge you've had for 30 years and trying to squeeze it, you know, into this spot or that spot or try to say, oh, it's a different timeline. Or if you're trying that hard to do mental gymnastics to make it work in your head, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, so just try to look at this as a new fun take on it that is meant for kids, but there's also plenty of things thrown in for the original fans to appreciate. Um, they threw in so many just little little things for us to, to pick up on it that I'm sure we'll go over later on that I know several times I was just like, oh, it's a thing. I, I, I recognize that. I know that. I get that reference. <laughs> Um, and it's it's just so fun, it, but it's not overly goofy, I don't think. There's definitely some lighthearted moments, but there's definitely some very serious moments too, and some moments that have a lot of emotion behind them. So, and, and to me, I mean, the old series also had some very goofy moments, um, which I loved. I also I always loved that there was serious parts and goofy parts. Um, and I think this is fitting that tone very well. Maybe not, maybe the serious parts aren't quite as serious yet as, as some of the serious parts of the old school show, but we still have a long ways to go, I think. I, this is only the first season. Um, so I think there's a lot of room for, if you don't find exactly what you're looking for yet in this first season, you very well may in the next one. I'll just, I'll leave it at that for now. Martin? I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's as perfect a remake as you could have asked for, really. Um, very much honouring the characters and the spirit of the original series, but also going off in a... sort of turning everything around and making it all work just as well as it used to, but making it different. Um, and I think that's the most you can ask from any remake, and that was what I wanted out of this series. Um, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, didn't think it was like it didn't become too childish, despite the fact it was clearly aimed at kind of a younger audience. Um, as was the original series. Um, like I, I don't think I've laughed this much at an animated series for ages. <laughs> um, like constantly laughing out loud throughout the the entire thing. Um, but without it being like too goofy or ridiculous and I think it held up extremely well. I really enjoyed it. Leanne. Um, so I really enjoyed it. 
Um, and as things kept coming out, like in the beginning, when we were first shown, um, you know, character designs and stuff, I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. And the more I saw like the trailer or little teasers, I was like, you know what, this looks really good. And I was trying to lower my expectations um, for when the series actually dropped. And uh, I was not disappointed um, because, you know, it it's different. It's a different take. And I, I guess for me personally, I was kind of, I mean, I was totally open-minded to it and ready for like a fresh take on the series um, because I'm kind of thinking about, um, you know, not just people of our generation, but younger kids. Um, and like, I have a two-year-old niece and I'm so excited for her to get into this. I think it should, she'd really like it. And just being able to, in the future, buy her things, you know, like, um, I just think it's so cool. And, uh, I thought that it was goofy at times, but it, it was, um, in a good way. Like I've, I watched, <laughs> I watched a bunch of these episodes while I was at work and I was like laughing out loud in, in parts. <laughs> and, um, it was, I mean, it was really good. Um, I was really pleased with the characterization, um, because it was a different take, a different, you know, spin on some of these characters, um, different powers and relationships. And, um, you know, they kind of give you hints as to, you know, She-Ra's past and things like that. So you have a lot to look forward to in future seasons. Um, so I thought they did a really good job of setting up the world and the, the characters and, you know, then giving you like, you know, a promise of like what's to come. So I, I thought it was, it was really cool. I was very pleased. Well, yeah, I think like you, I was, I want to say cautiously optimistic because every time something would come out, I would like what I was seeing. And there, there was some vocal internet, right. That didn't like what was going on uh, with Shira. And I, had a hard time grasping why, because I was enjoying what I was seeing. I was very open-minded to, to new takes. Um, I mean, I even, I did watch the new adventures as a child and collect those toys. Uh, and that was certainly a different, uh, take on He-Man. Um, but this actually is not like the new adventures in my opinion, because they are still using all of our classic characters. They have just been kind of updated in design and given more distinctive personalities. Um, but I, you know, I did not dislike really anything I saw. So I was very worried going into this series that when we actually started to watch the episodes in sequence, that I would be like, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and thankfully that was not the case. Really the, the only heartache of the entire series Uh, that I truly had was that they did not drop at midnight Eastern time, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which, which, which then caused me to take a quick nap until 3 AM when my brain deduced (laughs) that it would appear on Netflix. Um, and then I could only get to about episode five before Netflix, um, became very pixelated. So I'm just going to chalk that up to so many people were streaming She-Ra at the same time. That she broke Netflix. So that's a good thing. 
<laughs> That's a good thing. Um, so yeah, I really, everyone else's points, I, I, I'll piggyback on, on that. I just, I came from the, the stance that I'm very excited that, that, you know, Shira is coming back just like I was very excited when, uh, we knew He-Man was coming back in 2002. Um, I looked forward to it. Would I have watched this show if it was not She-Ra? No, <laughs> I wouldn't have. <laughs> Just like I wouldn't have watched the 2002 cartoon if it wasn't He-Man. Um, I don't really seek out uh, at this point in time like new properties that are aimed at children. And this is not a slight to anyone that does, but like I don't. There's a lot of comparisons to Shira to say the Steven Universe, um, Avatar, The Last Airbender. I've I've really never seen these. I mean, I kind of know what they look like, um, but I I I can't see myself getting into them. But you have the buy-in with this with a classic fan like myself because it is Shira. So I'm very interested to check it out. And then since I already have a bit of a connection with the characters in the general storyline, I kind of folded right into this new show and loved, loved, loved the direction uh, that they took with it. So I'm just going to jump in for a quick second and comment on something you uh, just mentioned. Uh, I'm just throwing this out there because you were talking about the the Internet uh, people not being terribly excited and not liking what they were seeing, whatever. So a different different side of that. Um, so I, I have no opinion on this, not being able to see it. But I was I had a pretty in-depth conversation with my sister uh, about a week ago. So shortly before the series dropped, she was going to check it out. Um, she there are a few animated series that she watches. I guess uh, her and her husband have been watching Castlevania lately, which I've not seen, and things like that. So she she has watched some uh, newer stuff. She was a fan of She-Ra back in the eighties, and well, and He-Man for that matter, just like I was. And so she was going to check it out. She's seen all the trailers and all that stuff. Her main problem with it was she was going to try it out anyway and try to get into it. But her main problem with what she was saying was strictly that she could not get into the art style. And I wonder if that may be the disconnect for some people, that some people are just turned off by the look of it. And it's not the storytelling. It's not the anything else. It's just because she was saying that that uh, other shows she watched kind of have that same kind of anime one, but there was something that she couldn't quite put her finger on for the style of the animation in this one that was turning her off a little bit. So, hmm. Now, is this before she watched it? Uh, just, just I don't know if she's on... had a chance to watch it yet. This was based on the trailers. So, Okay. I mean, I can understand that because it is, I mean, it is different, but it's kind of more in line with what you see nowadays um, in terms of, you know, kids' cartoons or, I mean, even adult cartoons. Um, but... For me, I actually thought the animation was really nice. Like the, um, you know, it's cartoony, um, but I thought that uh, in a few of the episodes, um, you know, because sometimes you get hit or miss, you know, animation and pretty much everything. But um, I thought it was animated really well. Um, and you kind of get used to it as you go, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe it just takes, you know, watching a couple episodes to really get into it and, um, you know. Get used to it. Yeah, did any of you watch um, The Dragon Prince on Netflix? Yes. 
Okay, so that one was really good. I actually did watch that on a recommendation from a friend. It is and really I think good. the buy-in for classic fans on the new She-Ra would have been easier, but not necessary, um, if the show looked more like the Dragon Prince than I because don't the know She-Ra. If I agree with that actually. You know, because to me the She-Ra one, I went and watched like a like the opening sequence of Steven Universe, so I could kind of understand like where people were coming from. And I don't think that the She-Ra show looks as odd, if you will, as Steven Universe, but it doesn't look as kind of adult human as the Dragon Prince. And to me, like She-Ra is kind of in the middle um, because they have those yeah. like weird anime moments, like when when in the first episode when Glimmer is like that that big um, you know giant thing comes out of the out of the ground in the Whispering Woods, and she's like ah 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 ah, and she's throwing all of those like you know glitter bombs at yeah. it, and she <laughs> yeah. has that like anime face that I'm just like oh I yeah. hate anime face. Um, yeah, and then like sometimes Bo will get like the sparkle eyes, the big sparkle yes, eyes, yes. And stuff. or when he was like yeah, I mean that's, Sonic that's definite anime influences. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's adorable when they no, do but the see, anime eyes. Like you said, me. though, I think, Leanne, you said this, right? As you keep going, like, I was getting into it, ex- like, because I was getting used to that style as each episode went. So I think yeah. if you stick with the show and, 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 you know, if you can't sit there and watch all 13 episodes at once, you know, understandable, but like pick up a couple episodes a day and keep going. I think you'll get used to that style and you'll kind of understand why they went that way. Because again, we are not the target audience, but we certainly have so much thrown into this show for us that we can enjoy yeah. it as long as we adapt to that style. Yeah. The thing about the Dragon Prince show to me the adult characters they're mm. almost too realistic and i don't know if mm. it's rotoscoping or what kind of technology they used but like when they talk sometimes it's just kind of weird to me like not weird enough that i won't watch it because the plot's so good i don't care um i got over it pretty darn quickly but <laughs> yeah that to me was harder to watch than this show yeah, yeah isn't that kind of i haven't seen it but isn't it kind of um like a cgi mix type yeah thing. i think that's what Just it is animation yep but i love that the shira is not that i hate yeah i like that CGI. it's like it looks like you know traditional animation yeah and, yeah it looks like modern too yeah right. to me like it's it's a little jarring and this is not please do not take this as a, as a dig to filmation because as everybody knows i still think filmation don't give me the argument about limited animation blah 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 their shows were still beautifully done compared to a lot of the 80s cartoons yes. but um it's it's a little jarring when i see a clip of classic shira put up against new shira just because new shira is modern right it it has the 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 smoother image if you will um it's just interesting to see that and i i can see why they went in this direction because like you said this is kind of how all of the cartoons look right now that's not an excuse either that's the reality right yeah and i'd i to yeah. be honest with you i would rather shira do that and kind of go on what the trend is than to try to replicate something from the 80s or something that really doesn't draw attention to a new audience today and and kind of just fall flat on her face yeah i think the risk is paying off 
Agreed. Yep. All right. Can I bring one more uh, thing in here before we leave the overall thoughts? Absolutely. Uh, behind, because another aspect I really, really wanted to talk about was the voice acting in the show, which is a thing that I do take in much more than the animation. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yes. So uh, I, I just had a few things I wanted to mention on here. So uh, first of all, could not love the actor playing Bo more. He is so hilarious in the way that he delivers yeah. lines. Yeah. Yes. Um, that actor is great. Uh, the... Uh, the actress playing Glimmer, I don't know any of these people's names, so I'll go by the characters here. But clearly, in my mind, whoever it is playing Glimmer, uh, she had to have watched the original and is some of the inflections and the deliveries throughout this, this season for Glimmer could not be more spot on to what the original Glimmer sounded like in the Filmation show. Uh, you know, minus like if that character was maybe three years younger or something, which I think that is pretty much where they're trying to put these characters anyway. Mm -hmm. um, the the portrayal was clearly inspired inspired by the original, so that's kind of fun, and it it was a little weird at first because it's the only one uh, that really struck me that way. Um, the uh, the, whoever's playing again, playing uh, Adora and Shira, I do feel like she needs to uh, become a little consistent because I felt like she sometimes has different voices for Adora and Shira, and sometimes doesn't. And it, for me, not looking at the screen makes it a little confusing sometimes which mo which mode she's in. Um, so I kind of wish that would get a little bit uh, more consistent. The one character who I am I, severely disappointed in voice-wise is Shadow Weaver. Amen. I do not like, do not like uh, what they've done with Shadow Weaver's voice. The characterization is fine, but it just sounds like another human character. And, and Shadow Weaver, to me, is just, that's not what Shadow Weaver should be. So really disappointed in, in uh, Shadow Weaver's voice. Characterization's great. I mean, I could hear some of Shadow Weaver's dialogue in Linda Gary's voice from the Filmation series. Like, it's written the same exact way. The wording is exactly what she would have used in the in the 80s show. Um, and the voice is so weird and jarring. It does not fit, in my mind anyway, it does not fit with the character uh, at all. But in on the whole, voice acting in the show is really good. Um and I think that's I think that's all I had to say on that. Well, I agree with you on um, Shadow Weaver. That was one of the criticisms I had written down um, is I know a lot of people also don't like Shadow Weaver's look with the mask and you can see her ears and the hair. Yeah, I don't either. Like her hair I is actually fine to me, but the rest of her whole head, no. Ugh. <laughs> it's it, it's interesting. Like I didn't have that reaction at all. I was just like, ooh, cool update on Shadow Weaver. But but the voice, I agree. I know what they're doing on the show, right? They're not giving anyone really like what I would call a stylized voice, like they did in the '80s. Like you know, Catra doesn't necessarily sound all like a cat. Um, like it's not all on the nose. Yeah. Um, but with Shadow Weaver. The I kind of got where they were going, but I do feel that she should have maybe kind of modified her voice because it's like the base of the voice 
like her, this I'm assuming is the, the, the lady's normal speaking voice. My, 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 one of my best friends from like, you know, you know, back from K through 12 and we used to play with my He-Man and She-Ra stuff. She watched She-Ra this weekend and she was immediately, she was texting me. She was like, I've heard Bo's voice before. And I said, yeah, he's on blackish. And she's like, oh my God, it's so-and-so. And then she was like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. Shadow Weaver is da 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 from Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she was I recognizing. Yeah. yeah, she was recognizing. So there must be their their normal speaking voices. But I feel like I could see why they cast this this actress as Shadow Weaver, and I think she could take her voice to a different level if she had the voice direction to do that. And I I think it must be just a decision kind of on the higher level that they're not really doing these stylized voices because even even Hordak isn't as stylized kind of as he could be. I understand not doing it for, you know, like, I don't know why I was going to say Flutterina. We didn't see her like Perfuma and, you know, things like that. But he does sort of sound like Hordak, though, like from the classic. Yeah, they might have put like a reverb or something on him. Um, But I still kind of think he's just talking with his own voice. Yeah, like I actually had an issue with Hordak's voice at first because I thought his, I don't know, his voice should be deeper, should sound deeper. Mm. Um, but then when I went back and rewatched it with Rod, I didn't have a problem. So I don't know. And I think I guess it was getting, just first impression. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of Hordak, I really do wish we had seen, like for the, the series season as a whole, really do wish we had seen more Horde characters. Like we, we focus basically on Catra, Shadow Weaver, Scorpia, and Hordak. And really wish yeah. we had seen uh, more of that. We got so many on the Rebellion side or the Princesses side or whatever. So many characters on that side. And I feel like on the Horde side, uh, I felt a little, little gypped as a fan of the original that we just we just didn't. Well, yeah, one thing you kind of get, you get Grizzlore for like a hot second. That's and what then I was going to say. And you get Octavia... Um, yeah, which I, you know, I didn't briefly. even pick up on Grizzler because I don't think he's got any lines and certainly he's not even mentioned in the audio description. So Yeah, and, and to be honest, like I mean, you can tell it's him, but his design's pretty bland, I thought, in my opinion. Yeah, they had those other like kind of like just um, horde generals. I forget, like they're not even named in the credits. It'll just say like, you know, general or something like that. Like that guy in the blue, that blue guy that like, in the first episode when oh, he right. does the ro- roll call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the green lizardy looking guy is not Leech. So it's like, uh, it was interesting, the lack of the, uh, yeah, of your like kind of classic uh, Horde members. One thing we should mention in case there is any uh, new listeners um, is that Josh is blind. So he is watching this with the audio description on. So unless they tell him that's Grizzlor, and I think Grizzlor did say like a couple lines, um, yeah, I probably just didn't know it was you him. didn't know it was him. So. You probably just thought it was like random horde yeah. trooper or something. Yeah. 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 yeah, his voice is not distinct. That's true. And all the other horde people are just in these G.I. Joe looking outfits. So they <laughs> you can't tell who's who. <laughs> I think we discussed this last time. It was just like, man, once you guys said that those those horde troopers looked like C- Cobra Commander or whatever, I was like. Dang it. Now that's all I see. I didn't even see that at first, you know, not being a G.I. Joe fanatic from back in the day. Um, so, uh. 
Sorry. But as as the season <laughs> goes on, we were getting more and more, especially at the very end of uh, Hordak. So I'm kind of holding out hope that we might see the Horde side. Yeah, the Horde characters kind of broaden out in season two. Yeah. Just one other voice I wanted to mention that, like, I really liked was, like, um, <laughs> Remista and, like, I, like, you know, okay, whatever. I'm just going to, like, record the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I freaking loved Mermista's voice. But we don't I, even might get be to my her favorite. in the first three episodes. Are we just talking about all of the voices? Well, we were just talking overall right okay, now. Okay, you're yeah. right, you're right. So maybe I should have saved her for later, but, like, I don't care. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm over it. I'm just, yeah, so, yeah. so over it. Whatever. <laughs> you should record the entire podcast like this. Oh, we're going to lose a lot of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I so wouldn't care because I just like hearing, like, myself talk. Okay. <laughs> I think yeah, Josh... I, I, I... Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I, I I understand the you know some of the fan reaction not liking uh, the fact that Mermis is so different from the original, but the the character is is so funny and such a delight in this one that you know I I'm fine with it. So she's one of my Mermis is always one of my favorite characters in pretty much every incarnation of Shira. So. If I can be okay with it, I don't think anybody's got any room to complain. <laughs> she she's a fun character in yes. in this version. So Well, it kind of illustrates overall that they really, really went for the character development, you know, in this show. Like mm -hmm. in the, and this is not a slight against the filmation show, which people will take it as but there wasn't as much character develop on, development on a lot of these secondary uh, Princess of Power characters like your Perfuma or your Mermista or stuff. So this show is actually going to kind of expand on all of those characters to a new point that we never saw before. So I think that's also good. I mean, you might not like the direction that they're taking with a certain character, but they are really focusing on character development overall in the series. And I think that's great. Yes. All the backstory, please <laughs> love it. Yep. Yeah, a friend of mine um, has been watching the series and loves Mermista. She said that's like her spirit animal. And she said that Mermista is like the Daria of princesses. Oh my god. Like, you guys remember that show? Yeah. I was yeah. like, yes, that is so right. Accurate. <laughs> yeah. So shall we start... Um, Obviously, we can't talk about all 13 episodes. Well, I mean, I could sit here and talk all day about them. <laughs> but I think we said we were going to cover the first three episodes, which are The Sword Part 1, The Sword Part 2, and uh, the episode titled Raz, um, because really those three kind of complete the origin, I guess, if we will, that we're going to get in the first 13 episodes, sort of. Even though there's kind of more origin in the later, it, it's season. the pilot essentially. There you go. Yeah. That's a good way to phrase it. Those three episodes would be the pilot. That'd be your kind of your movie that they aired on, you know, Nickelodeon or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the sword part one, the first thing that I loved was the music. Actually, 
in the fright zone there it opens up in the fright zone right and the fright zone looks so expansive in this very mm-hmm. like a industrial city um kind of like dirty colors dirty colors and adora really pops because she's in red um in fact her redesign and i think a lot of you would agree is kind of the closest to the original of any of the characters for me i feel like it's it's an updated version of her outfit yeah i really liked her outfit um but the music back to my point oh that like i don't know what it was josh you'd you'd be able to describe the styles better but like i was like yeah this is getting me into this Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna have to rewatch again, probably without the audio description, because Mm -hmm. most of the music is behind the audio description, so I wasn't terribly paying attention. Nothing jumped out of me. I mean, it's much more, mm, at least a lot of it, much more modern than Mm -hmm. uh, than most. I don't want to say all, because some some of the filmation stuff was definitely on the poppy side, particularly in uh, in the Shearest series, Uh, but. For me, uh, I I like the more orchestral type stuff in in fantasy, so I would have preferred they go a little bit more that way, like like 2000X did, um, and even most of the filmation stuff was more on that side. So I kind of wish they had done that, but it seems fine. I I do really want to rewatch it with the uh, with the audio turn audio description turned off to hear more of that though. Oh, you need to like the episode uh, Princess Prom when they're at the ball. All that music kind of reminds me of updated 80s instrumentals from classic 80s teen movies. Like <laughs> when when I th- that oh, we're jumping ahead. I really shouldn't. But yeah, I'll save this for later. But like one of them, I was like, oh, my God, that sounds just like um, I think the song is called Arrested by You or something that's in Better Off uh, Dead. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is like totally like like giving us kiss to us 80s fans of, of original She-Ra. Um, but getting off topic. Uh, back, <laughs> Which, back you know, to it's the, funny talking about the music because I love a lot of the music. Or I don't know if I should say a lot yet, but there are definitely points of music within the series that I was like, oh, I love this. This is beautiful. I want an entire track of this to listen to over and over. But at the very beginning where you're talking about in the Fright Zone, I don't remember the music at all because I was so enamored by the animation because they're mm. panning through, or I don't know if panning is really the word, but they're going forward, taking you closer and closer to the actual like main building of the Fright Zone. And it's like pieces of you know, trees or whatever, things overhanging things are like coming into focus and then going out of focus and then the next one comes into focus and then that goes out of focus and it was just really cool the the movement of it and the the focus changing part of the animation so i was really drawn to that um so i didn't even notice the music so i'm gonna have to go <laughs> re-listen to that part well kind of just like filmation this series has such beautiful backgrounds yes like the, totally does oh breathtaking i need some posters totally yeah, seriously, like like um the whispering woods like it's oh. very it feels very filmation like mm-hmm. the colors on the whispering yeah. woods yeah yep. beautiful the colors on everything i thought like even the fright zone which is meant to be depressing was still somehow really colorful yeah. and really interesting yeah. to look at there were a lot of, I feel like, maybe greens and yellows used, which 
as a Harry Potter fan, I equate like green with evil anyway already. So <laughs> that works for me. Um, but yeah, I, I see what you're talking about. And they had like green on the outfits they were using when they were doing like their battle training, had these mm-hmm. green shield type things and, and whatever. Um, but yeah. Well, speaking of the battle training, right? So like they set, what I loved about the setup of this episode was they went for a completely different dynamic with Adora and Ketra because in the filmation show, Adora was already a force captain. Kind of everybody was kind of jealous of her because she was the, what, star pupil, right? Hordak's favorite. Whereas here, we don't know yet. Adora hasn't been chosen, right, as kind of Hordak's favorite or more so Shadow Weaver's favorite, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have it set up that, you know, Adora and Katra have been training one on not one on one but together the whole time you know Katra's kind of like the cool kid at school she's like kind of aloof and she kind of piggybacks off of Adora the straight A student of course uh success uh in in the horde and it's interesting because you it's I feel that Katra wasn't even as jealous as I thought they were going to make her when when uh, Shadow Weaver pulls Adora aside and makes her a force captain. I think Catra really just saw that as, ooh, this is my mill ticket. Like, I can ride <laughs> these coattails even further, right? Yeah. Um, I yeah. think she appreciated the fact that Adora does all the hard work for her. Catra <laughs> Ka- has got to be the best uh, Horde character in this series so far. Yes. The oh, dynamic agree. between those two is so interesting because um, in this first episode, we see Adora sticking up for Katra, even when she really doesn't deserve it. You know, um, mm-hmm. she showed up late to the training. She didn't even do anything until she comes in at the very end and kicks the thing that has already been destroyed by the others. Um, and yeah, Adora is like sticking up for her to Shadow Weaver. And at first I'm like, why is she sticking up for this girl? Like she she's a jerk. She doesn't deserve to be stuck up for. But then later on, we see Catra doing the same thing, sticking up for Adora and covering for her and stuff like this. So they clearly have a very close relationship. And that dynamic is super interesting, especially as we see later in this season. But that's, I like that better than the old. I don't really want to compare. I don't want to keep comparing it to the original, but yeah, um, it's hard to, because Catra in the original was a very small player. Like she did not have a significant role in the filmation series where she did have a significant role in a lot of like the storybooks and things like that. But Mm -hmm. in the, in the filmation series, she was kind of, kind of a bit player. Yeah. Yeah. She's not one note in here. And again, like we have to keep saying this, so this is not a dog, you know, a a boo on the filmation series at all. all. It's just, they're taking new opportunities with the characters and we like what they're doing. I love how they are actually fleshing out Catra in this. I love the dynamic between her and Adora. I mean, even some of it borders on, on kind of oddly funny, like, you know, Catra is a cat and she doesn't like sleep in her bed. She sleeps at the foot of Adora's (laughs) bed. And it's just little things like that that you're like, these two are like those BFFs yes. that grew up together. And I can even kind of equate that to 
to like my one of my best friends growing up, um, we were both kind of like the smart kids in the class. And so like even though we were best friends, there was that little bit of rivalry between us because <laughs> we were both the ones getting like the good grades and we wanted to be like top of the class and like things like that. So like it, it, it's an interesting dynamic that that I can appreciate. I love the is that a mouse line? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that made me think of them standing in front of their horde like lockers, which then made me remember that at the beginning of the episode, Adora, this I also love. I love it when they kind of kind of break the mold and show like someone doing something that like someone has to do in everyday life. And like, you know, I don't need to see them going to the bathroom or anything, but I do like how she was brushing her teeth. Yes. <laughs> so Adora was brushing her teeth and they clearly, I loved how they set up the brainwashing that goes on in the Fright Zone as to the princesses are evil. Because if you think about it, if you grew up in the Fright Zone and you only know what you're told, you don't have the knowledge that normally princesses are, you know, stereotypically good or like they're the the nice rulers of a a kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. You, You know, they set up that the princesses are the evil bad guys. And people can more easily make the argument like how could they think the fright zone was the good place it looks so ugly and scary and blah 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 and i'm like yeah but if you grew up there yeah if that's all you know that's all you know exactly yep. and then they've got these holograms of the princesses you know in quotes that look super scary and horrifying yep. <laughs> so of course and they, they have happen. powers and you know it's mm-hmm. yeah yeah, which is true. The princesses do have powers, um, but they make them out to be these, you know, mind controlling, we're going to kill you kind of powers, which is not the yeah. case. I also thought like um, Hordak himself seemed less obviously evil in this. Like he was very reasonable. <laughs> Whenever you got <laughs> to see him, he was like, uh, if someone suggested an idea to him, he would actually consider it and he'd be like, okay that's not a bad idea go ahead and then you had like shadow weaver who was the complete opposite and she was the unreasonable like horrible jerk (laughs) (laughs) who would just like dismiss everybody and insult them um but if you went past her and you went to hordak he was like okay cool go ahead (laughs) so i thought it was nice how he was sort of he came across as the more reasonable like leader that you could respect Mm, Um, like he wasn't just evil and dismissive for no reason like Shadow Weaver was. So that was a nice sort of contrast. Yeah, that's a good well, point. Well, and they, they changed it too, right? Like Hordak, at least in these episodes, doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't seem to have any indication that Adora was anything special and was kind of shocked when she was revealed to be She-Ra, right? right? But, yeah. but like, like Shadow, Shadow Weaver, Weaver obviously plays a bigger role in the origin of Adora in this series than she did in the last. I think that's clear. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it being bigger. Uh, I think things have been shifted a little bit, but in the original, Hordak kidnaps Adora, brings her back, but she's essentially controlled and raised by Shadow Weaver. So in this one, really the only difference maybe uh, because we don't know all of uh, Dora's backstory at this point, is maybe Shadow Weaver kidnapped her, or Shadow Weaver at least, you know, got custody of her in one form or another. Uh, whatever the backstory is on that. 
and still raised and manipulated and controlled her. You know, I don't think the I think the difference there is pretty minor, right? Like all Hordak really did in the original was kidnap her. Like she, he knew who she was. He was kidnapping her out of revenge against Randor and so on and so forth. But, uh, but that's all he really did, right? He personally was not in, as involved in raising her as Shadow Weaver was. Yeah. Well, I think I'm piggybacking, though, more on the... And they didn't really flesh this out in the Filmation series, was, you know, like, um, when the sorceress says, uh, and I might be paraphrasing, you know, Hordak knew you were both destined for something special, but he did not know exactly what. So he crept into the palace, you know, blah, 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 right, blah. Right, right. Steals Adora. So, like, I think I my what I'm coming from is, does Shadow... Did Shadow Weaver know in some way that Adora could maybe be the one to tap into this first one's technology or could Adora be the, the key to uh, untapping the powers of, of, of Etheria. Um, I, I, I guess that's kind of where I'm going with it. Whereas like Hordak maybe was just like, okay, this is one of those babies we stole. Like, Ooh, what would you do? Yeah. After this se- season, I think it's clear that Shadow Weaver knew Something was up with Adora. We just don't know how much she knew or what she thought she knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because Hordak, he was very dismissive. Like, he doesn't understand why. He keeps telling Shadow Weaver, just drop it. Like, you know, don't don't keep going after Adora. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it makes you think that Shadow Weaver maybe knows something more than he does. And the vibe I got from their relationship, and I'm purely hypothesizing, was that Shadow Weaver wants Adora so that she can usurp Hordak, and that's why she hasn't told him anything. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, good point, good point, good point. I like that So, I, uh, as long as we're tossing out theories, I'm going to throw one out here as well, because we're, we're getting to it. We're kind of jumping all over the place for these three episodes anyway, so... It's fine. We are assuming you've watched them. We don't need to go through point by point and yeah. tell you the plot. So, uh, so one one theory that I had kind of toward the end of this uh, season that I think might be really uh, interesting. We know uh, at this point that uh, Shadow Weaver was Light Spinner in Mysticore, mm-hmm. uh, just just like in the original. I think one thing that might be really interesting. Did we get I, I I don't think we did. We didn't get any specifics on really how Light Spinner became Shadow Weaver, right? We just know at some point she betrayed everybody or whatever it was she did, yeah. right? We don't really know yeah. any of the details at this point. And so as I was getting kind of toward the end, one thing that I'm I'm wondering is I like the idea that maybe maybe something, I'm not saying this is exactly right, but maybe there's something there where uh light spinner whoever that was initially uh maybe got uh split in two or in some way spawned into shadow weaver and on the other side light hope because i kind of like this the i mean first of all light hope we should probably mention is a woman in this version which is very different from the original but i kind of like the um uh, the dichotomy, right? The, the 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 juxtaposition of Shadow Weaver was ra- raising Adora in the in the fright zone, 
the evil dark shadow, and Light Hope is now guiding her on the outside to be She-Ra or whatever. And I wonder if Light Spinner may be some sort of connection between those opposing things that we don't know about yet. It just seems like there's, there's got to be, it's too, it fits, it, there's something there seems like it should fit together that we just don't have all the pieces yet. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I mean, there, there's something with, because Shadow Weaver, um, she kept, like, losing power. She kept having to, like, I, I don't know, there was something with, like, with the jewel on her, on her forehead, and, you know, yeah, she kept, yeah. yeah, she kept having to kind of try and recharge, and I don't know. I just thought well, yeah. it was interesting. Catra makes that comment. It's in one of, it's either in episode one, two, or three, he, or probably one or two. She says to Adora about how, you know, Shadow Weaver only has power because of Hordak. And that's why, you know, Shadow Weaver is like jealous and all of this stuff because she doesn't have like the ingrown skill set, if you will, that, you know, a Catra has. So, you know, things like that. Um, I think it's clear that, yeah, somehow she lost the light spinner powers and then you know, Hordak allowed her to use that rune stone, which is connected to the jewel in Shadow Weaver's mask. But lovely things to 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 explore in the next season, of course. Uh, <laughs> um, so while all that was happening, right, um, uh, they kept showing like Glimmer and Angela fighting because Glimmer was. Um, in the town of what is it, Elberon, and that was a filmation reference. Uh, that town was in an episode that uh, the rebellion, you know, liberates the town from the horde. Nice. Um, I think it's in the Laughing Dragon, the one with Sor- Sorrowful. So, deep cut reference for us classic fans. Um, but uh, Angela grounds, you know, Glimmer, and I, I think this. This dynamic, I don't know if this people will have a little bit of a problem with the whole like, you know, Glimmer being a little younger um, and the kind of, you know, go to your room, you're grounded type. Yeah, I really could have done without it. I really because it changes later in the season and I was much happier when it Mm -hmm. did like that. It was just a a little, you know what it really it wasn't even that it was happening. It was it's a little uh, heavy handed, but I thought it was fun. I mean, it was funny. Yeah, like that she, uh, you know, she's standing yeah. in front of her troops and stuff, and she's like grounding her daughter. Right, and the music during that part, I definitely noticed, and it reminded me of something that would have been playing with, you know, if Orko was on screen doing something silly. It was that lighthearted, <laughs> like do 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 whatever kind of music. Um, so it just it reminded me so much of a scene in the OG show, and it made me a little nostalgic. <laughs> So that was yeah, I, I mean, I think I think in a way it was good because it, it sets up, you know, that Glimmer is trying to prove herself, um, you know, and her mother's being overprotective because she, you know, she talks about how she was stationed out there because, you know, Queen Angela didn't think anything, you know, the Horde would attack there. So she mm-hmm. was safe out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I thought it was cute. I thought it was funny and a good way to kind of set things up. And sets up why Glimmer wants to, like, prove herself and go out yes. after this technology with Bo and take this risk that she normally wouldn't take because her mom clearly isn't going to take her seriously any other way. So I get it. It's, it was a good motivation for me. Well, you I, mentioned I think, it. Oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Your point. Uh, mine okay. moves away. 
Uh, yeah, I was just, uh, I was gonna say, I think part of part of my problem with scenes like that, just in general, was is just, it is just, I feel like this series, just, uh, it, for me, for my personal taste, I love, I love so much about this series. So it's, it's not a strong criticism, but it's just. It's just there's a a little too much on the silly side for me than I would than I would have wanted. It's it is genuinely funny. Lots of this series, there are plenty, like Martin was saying, plenty of laugh out loud moments in this. That's just not I I you know if I was writing it or if I if I had any sort of say, I want all the I want funny moments that are genuinely funny. I just don't want it to be every two minutes. And like I I am way more into this show when they get away from the the sarcastic comments and the the jokes and stuff and they there's something more serious on the line like those are the moments that make this show great to me and the rest of it it's like i wish they would just don't get rid of it just tone it down just a little bit it would be like if the original series was all Orko, yeah, it's like why I don't like the the the. It's why I don't like the the sorrowful the dragon episodes of of the original Shira, right? Like it's too much of a good thing is yeah, too much, that's, that's and fair, that's yeah. that's what I feel like on this one. It's like there, it's not that the humor is bad. It's just I wish a way would just back off of it a little bit and give us more of the the stuff to sink your teeth into, sort of thing. Which that stuff is there. It's just a little bit overshadowed. And that may be also just what is popular these days, because I don't watch a lot of animation, but I do watch the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic religiously. And I've seen a couple episodes of other things. And I feel like that's just the tone of almost all animation these days. It's got a lot more silly, funny things going on. And I guess they think that is necessary to keep kids interested. Um so that it may just be that's part of why that's there is they're playing off of what's popular these days and what they think is going to go over well and help the series continue. But yeah, maybe later on, if it is really successful, then they can try to pull back on that and see if it stays just as success, just as successful. Cause I, I do get your point and I love the old series when we would get a lot of serious interaction and serious meat, um, kind of like you were saying. But I also don't mind silly, maybe as much as you do. So I don't. Know. Yeah, well, I, I don't mind. I don't mind it because it, it's it is done well. I just wish there was a little less, yeah. less of it. Like I think I would enjoy what there was more if it wasn't, you know, like. 80 percent that which you know it's it's a it's just the or whatever it is i'm not saying it's actually 80 percent, but like i just feel like the percentage of whatever it is is a, is a little bit too high so yeah. but it's done well so it's like you know there is a certain amount of conflicted feelings i have over it right because yeah. it's done really well it's just uh, you know i just feel like too much too much of a good thing it's like i like chocolate too but i wouldn't eat six hershey bars at once you know? <laughs> Speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Katie's diet consists consistently of Hershey's chocolate bars. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so happy all the time. <laughs> and, and, you know, while we're talking about that, did any, does anybody else think it's kind of like, I'm not saying this is good or bad. I just think it's kind of interesting and kind of funny that, like, this show does have a lot of humor, a lot of humor that is really well done. And... All, essentially, all, if not all, of the characters that were comic relief in the original are 
missing in action for this one. I think that's kind mm-hmm. of funny too. Like what? Yeah. Ha- what? I feel like they could have. They could like like particularly. I think the one that really stands out for me is Cowl, uh, because we do get Madame Raz, and she does she does kind of have a similar uh, comic relief vibe in this one, sort of to the original. But like Cowl, his sarcasm would have fit in so well as yes. a part of that glimmer bow dynamic, and him just kind of sitting there making snarky comments. Like I could have seen that working so well that i'm kind of surprised that he's not there like it would have fit in perfectly maybe maybe they'll introduce him later i don't know but god it would have you know it would have fit in so well because his his high you know i am better than all of you sort of attitude that he always had would have uh, would have fit in very very nicely with the tone of the show True. Well, you probably, obviously, it probably wasn't in the audio description. Um, in Glimmer's bedroom, she has a stuffed animal of cow. <laughs> yeah, I think I it think, is yeah, adorable. Mentioned that it somewhere, is. but yeah, but I, I totally but, want one. Oh, totally. like they need to Bring make those things. Bring them in. Bring them in at some point in the future. I think that like maybe, maybe she can, you know, point her sword at it and turn it into, you know give it life because yeah. I mean, she, she turned a freaking lizard into, you know, gave it wings and a little horn. So oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was like random and it flew off, you know, so yeah. she could do that. She could and do that with the same color scheme as swift wind. So sure. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> well, how Bo about was that? Like, whole... Go ahead. Bo was like, is that what happened to our horse? <laughs> <laughs> Horsey. That's what I was going to say, like that whole sequence in the third episode where Adora is trying to figure out how to change into She-Ra, like on the spot whenever she wants to, like that was just so hilarious. Yes. And, and I know, and I have to say that like, you know, I was a little bit, I was one of those fans to internet that was like, why can't we call the horse spirit? Why is the horse called horsey? Besides the fact that it didn't even look like spirit, it looked like arrow, um, not yeah. spirit. But then, yeah. can I just say thank you, snappy writers of this show? The writing, impeccable, might I add. But the writer, I forget who wrote the Madame Raz episode. Yes, I don't. I don't I think it was. Going. Yeah, I don't think it was yeah. Noel Stevenson who did the first two. But I love it when Madame Raz. <laughs> I can't even talk. <laughs> She's like, and by the way, he says his name is Swiftwind, and he thinks Horsey was a stupid name. Yes, yeah. so good. <laughs> that, yeah, that I was... laughed out loud at that. Yes, I fell yeah. off the couch and almost broke my head because it was so funny. Yeah. That like she it just basically so said what they knew everyone would be saying. Everyone would be saying like, "Why is her horse name, you know, Horsey? It's Spirit." <laughs> blah blah blah. And that's exactly what was going through my head. One of those little nit nitpicky things, right? Um, so, so can I? Uh, hmm, I okay, uh, Shadow as our fearless leader of this podcast. <laughs> okay, uh, you call. I would like to make a comment connected to this, but related to a later show. Is that? Are oh we my God, God, you sinful man. I know, because I know we were, we're, we're going to be talking about the later episodes later, but I think I think it fits in here. Uh, oh, do it, Rockapella. Okay, so in episode three, uh, we get the, essentially the origin, right, for Swiftwind. <laughs> she turns horsey, 
Jesus. Into Squidward. <laughs> and and uh, I loved it. And I wish, I really wish they could have left it at that. So later, Swiftwind starts talking. I do not like the new Swiftwind's personality at all. I, I just, I wish they had just done, just either, it just really just don't make him talk. He doesn't talk in episode three. I don't, and so I was left thinking, oh, okay, this is like, 2000x or whatever else they're not gonna not gonna have swiss talk i'm fine with that that's that's fine i really do not like he he is what i was talking about a minute ago with the silly factor cranked up like to 15 for this show way higher than anything else and it that is the if i have any criticism of a show that's probably the number one one i really do not like Swiftwind's personality like I get it I get what they're going for it's funny he says things that are funny but that is that to me is so far outside what I want Swiftwind to be that I couldn't I couldn't go there there with them so I completely agree with Josh (laughs) I have the same exact reaction Well, what is with these modern cartoons and this goes back to the Mike Young He-Man series where they wouldn't do any of the talking animals too it's like because in this you know look cal's not a character he's a plushie um looky does well i don't know if it's looky or not or if it's like lassie that appears in a later episode so keep your eyes open um but madam raz references looky but again it was just like a drawing um wasn't really there imp is in this and with hordak and he doesn't talk um, it was but, the creepiest thing in the whole series. Yes. <laughs> like when he opened his mouth. I can't remember. Yes, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't even, even care can... if they wanted to make Swift and talk to the original. If they wanted to make him talk, that's fine. But like, I, it's not even, it's not, this is not even strictly about original versus this one, right? He's a freaking unicorn. Like unicorns have this. Uh, part of their mythology, right? That they're these grand, graceful, you know, awesome beasts. And he's just kind of turned into a joke in in the last part of this. And it just, it really, that, that, almost nothing else. I love so much about this series. I really do. But that really just, it just so rubbed me the wrong way. I feel like because the last few episodes are so, uh, or more serious, that they felt like they needed comic relief and Swiftwind was a comic relief mm. in that because he you know he's all sassy and you know all that like I felt like that's part of the reason that they they put him in there and maybe he's taking kind of balance Cowell's it. place since Cowell isn't there to be sassy and sarcastic yeah but that's the problem, right? Like, Cal is some weird owl creature that that works for. Like, I just, it's the, the fact that he's a unicorn is the problem for me personally, anyway. It's just, it's not, I don't know. I, <laughs> As someone I, who grew up with Rainbow Bray, I mean, I know Starlight's not a unicorn, <laughs> but he's yeah. so fabulous and magnificent. And, like, this is not a stretch for me. <laughs> Not that he was silly and sarcastic, like their personalities are different, but he was very narcissistic and that came across hilariously. So he was, he could also be comic relief. So yeah, I, I think they could have done this where, where Swiftwind could still be comic relief without the personality that they gave him. Like it's, 
You know what I mean? Like he could say funny things, you know, be sarcastic. Like, for example, um, if he was, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the Landover uh, series, which is a, a fantastic book series that I really like. Fantasy. It actually shares a lot in common with Shira just in general, actually. But because uh, it's in sort of a fairy tale type universe. Uh, but there's a dragon character in that called Strobo. And he is freaking hilarious. He he thinks, or Strabo, I said Strobo, which I think is a master's character. Wow. Uh, Strabo. And he um, he thinks that, you know, he is better than anyone else. And he hardly deigns to even speak to lesser beings and that sort of thing. <laughs> like, and he is hilarious. He's really funny. And they could have done something like that with Swiftwind. It was just too, like, Swiftwind's character in this is too much of what we are already getting with everybody else except cranked up. It's just, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. Maybe doesn't he'll work. grow I, on you next season. Cause we only got a, a very small amount of him talking really in that. What last episode, I think. Oh, no, because couple, he's going to sing the and then Lion or Josh is going to like, be like, mm. uh, <laughs> <I'll explode> and... <laughs> that's not a spoiler. The voice actor tweeted that he got to sing. Oh, you're right. Maybe it's, yeah, so I'm just saying, you know, yeah. he has a wow. musical number. So wow. brace yourself. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, sorry to go off on that rant, but that maybe, like maybe it's really the only off. blemish for me. What was that, Leanne? Maybe he'll sing with Seahawk. Yes. That's true. He might. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> <laughs> He's not can, till another episode. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can I, can I pose a question to the table? Okay. Well, I mean, not the literal table, but to the people sitting I'm around I'm sitting it. at a table. Yeah. No, I don't I don't care the t- table's opinion on things. But um, here's a question for you guys. So in watching these first three uh, episodes, I, I, after episode one, I was like, it was okay. Like I was like, it, it's it's good. It's not great. Uh, it, the series will probably be fine, but I wasn't. I was not sold with episode one. Episode two was the one that sold me, and it is. It is. I don't think it. It is my favorite of the season, but it is easily like top three. Like I loved episode two, and that was the one where I'm like, okay, this this has potential to be something really special and i i really really liked it that was the one where i was like okay i'm in and i'm wondering where where for each of you guys where was the i'm in moment where did that happen out of these first three uh well for me it was the first episode um not a slight against you because i think the second episode is is fantastic as well Um, What I liked the most about the first episode that drew me in was, I think what I mentioned earlier, was that opening scene with the Fright Zone. It pulled me in. It pulled me in. And then the the end of the episode, oh my God, so fantastic. I loved how... I, I do not mind that, you know, Glimmer, Bo, and then, of course, we find out everybody um, knows Adora is She-Ra. It worked for me. I thought that was going to be something I would have a hard time adjusting with, but I loved it when just the relationship they started to set up with Glimmer, Bo, and Adora, like, 
even though Adora is captured, Bo is extremely nice to Adora. He even mm-hmm. says something to her like, oh, your name's Adora? That's kind of an odd name for a horde soldier. Um, so it's kind of like, it's like they're kind of painting that big picture that like, wait, there's something more going on with this Adora character. Like she doesn't seem to fit in with the horde stance. She has compassion. Um, you know, uh, Glimmer makes some comment on how like, you know, Adora could have escaped kind of at any time, but she didn't. Um, she was kind of more intrigued about the sword. Absolutely loved when she finally touches the sword again, which is at the end of the first episode. And this probably is why, Josh, why I like the first episode more than the second, is she touches the jewel, uh, or not the jewel, I mean the that monster hits the sword, and Adora has another one of those Light Hope flashbacks, mm-hmm. which I love mystery. And it showed like, that there was some type of crash landing. There was a portal with a baby crying. Yes. Ooh. Um, and then Light Hope is like, will you fight for the honor of Grayskull? And then like Adora is like, for the honor of Grayskull. And she turns into She-Ra. Like that, that moment, like I teared up. I was like, I'm a She-Ra fan. This is awesome. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's how I, why I personally put the first episode above the second and that's what sold me on the series was that the last moment of the episode that's what sold me so leading into episode two though and yes and i and just really 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 quickly on on the bow being nice to adore thing one of i think probably my favorite line in the first episode is the uh i'm really sorry about her she's usually quite nice <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my God, I I died. That was really fun. that. It's something about the way he delivers that was just hysterical. So, yes. so good. I don't know if there was like one particular moment for me. I think I was pretty hooked pretty early on in, in episode one. Um, I really dug Catra's voice. Like her voice actress is amazing. I just I love the way she yeah plays that role. Um, and when we first meet Glimmer, the whole grounded thing I thought was hilarious. And then when Bo shows up and is like yelling and she's like trying to whisper at him and he keeps yelling. And then, you know, she brings him into her room and she's popping all over the place, like transporting. I thought that was hysterical. Um, so all of their interaction before Adora even was in the in the heart of it. All of that already had me hooked. I was like, I just love Bo and Glimmer. Like, I could just watch a, a show about them, honestly. But then, <laughs> obviously, when Adora comes in and all of the Shiva stuff happens, then I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. Now it's now it's happening. I'm in. Uh, yeah, but I, I was already there. I, it didn't take much for me to be like, yes, I am watching all of this. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, um, because with the first episode, I was so impressed with it. And I tried to keep my expectations low, and it was better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much by the first episode, I was like into it, and I knew I'd finish it. Um, but yeah, it, like episode two and three, like sealed the deal. If there was any, you know, yeah. doubt. Hey, um, <laughs> 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 um, I was. I can't remember what episode three was. <laughs> was Madame episode Raz. three? Madame Raz. Madame Raz. Oh, yes. I couldn't remember. They all kind of merged into one for me, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, I think I was kind of into it off the bat, I think. Um, but I think with those first three, I was probably, I think I myself was comparing it a bit too much to 
the original Secret of the Sword, whereas I shouldn't have been. Like, I was focused so much on, like, oh, this was different and that, and this is that and that and this. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, like, I didn't get massively into it until, I think, episode four, actually, um, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> and that sort of lined up all the, the other ones for me and really got me into it once I stopped focusing on, once I stopped trying to compare it. I think the, that was the point for me where I really got into the show. And and what's that? What's that favorite line of yours again from episode four? What what was it? <laughs> I have many favorite lines now. <laughs> <laughs> I love but how we were love... just emailing each other back and forth. I've never been so alive. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the. Uh, I didn't know being a princess was contagious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was so good. <laughs> the one that really made me laugh as well, and I think I I put this in our email chain when we were discussing the show, was um, when Catra was talking about Shadow Weaver, and she was like, Shadow Weaver's freaked out? <laughs> It'd be funny if she weren't such a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, right? They're very self-aware characters. Like, Catra knows that the Horde is manipulating her, and she doesn't care. She just goes along with it because, you know, she has grand ideas of overthrowing Hordak, basically. Um, she knows Shadow Weaver is evil. It's like she has more awareness than Adora has, you know, in that entire situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like Catra's character a lot. Like that, it's she is a. I love the fact that she's not a cardboard villain. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, lot going on there. A lot of layers that I don't even think we've begun to scratch the surface sorry had to (laughs) (laughs) nice one there was one thing a big kind of well i want to mention because it's not fleshed out until a later episode so i don't want to mm, play with it too much but madam raz confuses adora with a girl named mara and I wondered if anyone else thought that perhaps Madame Raz, who's very old and confused herself, could possibly be this Mara person. <gasps> and, that would be and, really interesting. And what do we feel about Mara adding that type of aspect in general, given you guys know my opinion on another type of thing they did maybe in the Mike Young show. That was we should like that. we should save that for when that gets revealed though. Oh, then what I do know. you think though? Episode. Do you think John, that Madam so Raz could be Mara? That. That's I my, think I that's think so. awesome. I think that would be really cool. Because uh, but see then we'd be talking about the later episode. Uh, yeah. it would fit you know, with some of the things that we were told later on. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought just the idea of it, that there was, there had been past she you know, there was this legend of she I mm-hmm. thought that was really interesting. And I thought it was different than that King Grayskull nonsense. <laughs> because well, that's, I, know, I see, see with that, I know the origin of King Grayskull, yes. like why he was created. And I totally don't agree with it. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. Here, it seems more like it's it's part of like the lore and the. I mean, it's interesting, you know, the because I want to know more about Mara, you know, and what what her deal is. Well, and they and set if, it up better. Go ahead. Yes. 
But if it is Madame Rouse, that would be really interesting to me. Oh, and speaking of Madame Rouse, they totally... Did anybody else get, like, Professor Trelawney vibes off of Madame Rouse? A little bit. Like, her look? But honestly, I got Maz from The Force Awakens, because she looks almost identical. Oh, she does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with, like, the goggle type, yeah. like, glasses and stuff. And her name is Madame yeah. Raz. And the other character yeah, is named Maz. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. I kind of well, thought the- that she might end up being one of the first ones. Like, the last of the first ones still around. Oh, oh that would oh, be interesting, too. I like that, too. I like that, too. The first thing I thought of, purely because of the name, was... Um, Mara from the New Adventures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe it's Mara from the New Adventures. And then, like, literally a second after I had that thought, I went, no, of course it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, maybe they have the use of Master Sebrian and they could bring him in. And he was one of the first ones. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Because those characters won't be getting used anywhere else. <laughs> Let's be brutally honest with ourselves. It would be funny if that was like the conversation that like when DreamWorks and Mattel was like hashing out what characters they could actually use in the She-Ra cartoon or whatever. And, and um, they were like, well, we'd like to really use these um, uh, this, like, like Master Severin guy and this Mara. <laughs> and, and then Mattel's like, oh, New Adventures. Oh, oh, yeah. Do whatever you want with those. You know, yeah. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> Season two, episode one, Slushhead. <laughs> oh speaking of speaking of the new adventures just in general, the I think this show is the closest in tone to the new adventures, I would say. Like in terms of the humor and like the mm-hmm. just like the interactions between some of the villains really reminded me of like the new adventures characters, how they'd have like these little comedy conversations to themselves. Um, like out of all of them, I'd say these those are the closest. Interesting. In terms of tone, rather than story. Yeah. Well, and the new adventures also had a lot of serialized episodes. Um, yes. Which, which is this basically the almost the entire thirteen episodes. It's kind of like a serial, especially at post like Josh you mentioned before, like episode eight on. We're no longer recruiting the princesses. It's kind of a serialized. Which um, and that is story. the strongest part of the season, uh, in my opinion. Like I loved eight through thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since since Martin brought up new adventures, I I've been thinking about something uh, this week. Uh, Shadow sent me a text. John sent me a text. I always call you Shadow. I don't know why I do that. Uh, <laughs> old habits. Because you're old from ha- the old days. Yeah, old uh, old habits die hard. Well, it doesn't help either that I've got you set on my phone as your your nickname is Shadow. So when I get a text from you, it's, it says Shadow. I do too, Josh. I do too. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So so anyway. Uh, but... Uh, uh, so you sent me a text er- earlier in the week, and you—it was a little ranking of how you ranked all of the Masters-related series, uh, one to five. And it's, so I was thinking about it because I, I texted you back and I said, "Well, yeah, your list is definitely different than mine, <laughs> and that's the way it's always been, and that's fine." We kind of joke yeah. about that back and forth. But one thing that really got thinking um, after that exchange was that. It's getting, because as the years have gone by and we've gotten all these different series that were all created in these different eras, right? We have the filmation in the 80s, New Adventures in the 90s, 2000X in the 2000, early 2000s. Now here we are, it's almost 2020, you know, f- 35 years on or whatever. 
from th where all this began. And now we've got another another Shira series. And I was thinking, you know, uh, that not only do you have all these different shows done in the context of different time periods, but all done with very different tones from one another. It's getting really tough to rank that. It was always a little bit tough to rank them, but it's always it's, it's getting even harder to do that uh, through that prism because it's like to take like a really extreme analogy right it would mm -hmm. be like what's better uh dr seuss's green eggs and ham or stephen king's the stand and it's like <laughs> how do you even compare something mm -hmm. like that right like i i like uh 2000x a lot right it had a much darker tone it was it was serious it had its its funny moments and stuff but it was much more on the on the, the darker end of that spectrum uh, this one's much more on the lighter end of that spectrum. Filmation was kind of in the middle. You had someone like like me who I, as a kid, and and I've carried it through into adulthood. I didn't even in my head canon, as they would say on the incomparable. I didn't even separate uh, the humanity era cartoons. It was all one big thing to me. It was, that I didn't treat them separately. It was all the same universe. It was all the same thing. So like put it separating those to rank them is virtually Im impossible for me to do. And, I, and I, I was realizing that I don't even know, outside of putting New Adventures at the bottom, because that's easy I, for me, uh, I, don't even, I don't even know how to rank the rest of them because they're all so different from one another that they're, they're the, uh, the ability to compare them uh, is is really becoming sort of just ludicrous, right? Or the, the attempts to compare them, like Stephen King's The Stand versus Green Eggs and Ham, right? Like you just can't, they are both brilliant for what they are. And I think this show mm -hmm. like exemplifies that, right? Like it's not the Shearer show I wanted, but it's so good for what it is that you mm -hmm. can't help but love it anyway. Mm -hmm. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, I think agreed. the... Yeah, the only easier, the only thing I could see going forward is like ranking maybe our, what are your top 10 favorite episodes all together, right? Um, something like that, because like you said, it is hard to compare because it's like, oh my God, I really love the new Shira, But it's like, but if you go back to say Mike Young, it's like, oh, but man, that episode, Price of Deceit. That is a really it's good episode. It's so good, right? Yeah. yeah, right? So it's like, you're like, okay, but wait. It's like, and, and I hate when, and I think we were just doing, obviously, the ranking is kind of like a little playful thing, but yeah. it's, it's, and it's not to say that, like, even though the new adventures might be rated last, for me, I don't dislike the new adventures, even though I might rank, um, you know, Filmation She-Ra above Filmation He-Man, that doesn't mean I think Filmation He-Man is terrible. You know what I mean? And right. a lot of times people will go into that like, oh, well, you put this one first and this one last, so you think this one sucks. Yeah, It's like, no, I love all of them. It's just if you're making me confine it to a box and I'm leaving for a desert island with a <laughs> TV, maybe I'll have to only take three of them. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think we are getting to the point where there is so much there um, you know, and you even mentioned those Golden Book videos. I really love some of the stories on the Golden Book videos. So, you know, maybe one of those could be in my top 10 episodes. You know? or, or for me, like my similar thing to that is the uh, the kid stuff storybook records from back mm -hmm. in the day. Right. Mm -hmm. Like those also had a darker tone, uh, much darker than the Filmation series even. And 
loved those loved them but they were they're their own thing and it's hard to to rank stuff we should probably mention since we haven't that uh we we didn't mention we in the last episode we talked about the shira chapter books that are coming out which mm -hmm. i am totally on board with and stoked and you can pre-order them now at least on apple books i'm assuming on kindle and stuff as well you probably can um uh, really on board with that however uh there is also going to be a new <laughs> Shira golden book based on the classic Shira next year. Yes, I saw that. And that surprised me. And Shadow, you said there was going to be a He-Man one. I can't find reference to that anywhere. But Oh, it's on Amazon, both of them. Okay, I can't find the He-Man one for some reason, but I, the Shira one pops right up, so I'm not sure what's up with that. Although but the cover that's... art looks weird to me. <laughs> Maybe the inside will be better. I don't know. I just thought well, that was yeah, it's really a, interesting. Yeah, the cover art. I understand where you're coming from on that one, Katie. It looks a um, little CGI, but it is a continuous image. So, like uh, Josh, the the He-Man cover goes right into the She-Ra cover. Like if you would put them both oh, side by side. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I want. It's em. basically He-Man with um, Snake Mountain, but it's the Mike Young Snake Mountain. Even though it's Filmation He-Man, it's the Mike Young Snake Mountain. Then it's the Castle Grayskull, and then some of Castle Grayskull, uh, the back of Castle Grayskull is in the She-Ra image, and then uh, to the our right, her left, is the Crystal Castle. The Filmation Crystal Castle. Interesting. So I wonder, what is the deal with those? Like, why, why do those exist? And do they uh, signal that something something more is coming down the line? Because we've, we've gone for so long with nothing story-wise, except the DC Comics, that now it's like not only are we getting the Shira, the new Shira series with the new Shira chapter books connected to it, but now we're getting this other thing that doesn't seem to be connected to anything, and that's that is intriguing to me for the future. Yeah, it could be just because the new Shira is coming out, it's going to spawn some more classic uh, related merchandise. I wouldn't be surprised if we get more classic Shira stuff in like stores like Hot Topic that kind of cater to that geek. Um, Culture. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Geek culture, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, type things. And I don't know, even with the Golden Books, like the people buying the Golden Books for children would have watched He-Man and She-Ra in the 80s. That would be the age range of those parents probably. So Yeah, but getting, getting something that. that's a story, like you're talking about the Hot Topic thing, something that's a story is different. There's, you know, there's more work involved in producing something like that. So it makes me hopeful that we're going to get more, more story stuff. Would be nice. Well, do we have anything else to wrap up on the first three episodes of She-Ra? Um, just real quick, I loved that they used the town of Thaymor just because that was in the original yes. uh, show. Yep. Um, and I loved how um, apparently uh, the Fright Zone doesn't have like really good food because when Adora is oh, at yeah. that party in Thaymor, she <laughs> is stuffing her face like she's never seen food before. <laughs> I mean, they don't have, they didn't have even have parties or birthdays. Yeah. 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 Or horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You just need, the some, horse you just need something to tie it all together. <laughs> the, the scene where she sees the horse and it like turns all purple behind her and she's like, this is the best day of my life. Oh my God. <laughs> and when the, when the horse, like his head goes back yes. and he's like, looks so elegant. <laughs> I oh, loved that it is so, so funny. Much. 
Oh, yeah, that whole scene was, it was like they wrote it for me. <laughs> Just like, yes, please. Like, Bo putting the little flower behind her ear, and oh my god, too funny. And Bo is, yeah. like, quick thinking, too. Like, he's not, I mean, he was in the original as well, but I like how, even though they're younger in this iteration, he's still very bright. Um, like, when he uses his net arrow to catch them when they're falling, like wow that was quick thinking <laughs> otherwise I, y'all are going splat <laughs> i i could see with a lot of these characters i think especially bow and glimmer um uh, more so than just about any of the other characters in this series you can see those two in three or four years more or less being the characters that we knew in the 80s like personality wise you know yeah. what i mean like mm-hmm. They're they they're like just younger versions of the originals, I think, especially Glimmer, but both to a lesser extent as well. Yeah. Angela's pretty close to her original personality too, actually. Oh, and I love her voice. Oh my god, her accent. I love it. I could listen to her talk it, all day. It's like it's good for the character. It does strike me as a little bit odd. It's like here is one person in this entire world with a British accent. Like, yeah, yeah that. Rob seems like there should be either a couple or none, but just this yeah. one. It's a little weird. Maybe because she's immortal, so she's like been around yeah. so long. Maybe her husband will have a British accent if they do. If they do like a flashback with Micah. Well, that would be cool. Possible. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they've got to do something like that. Oh, and what do y'all think of the new swords design? I love it. I, I have no it's... idea what it looks like, so I have no idea. <laughs> it's a lot like bigger, or at least the blade is is much thicker yeah. or wider. Maybe I, is the is the word, but it has like first one's language on it, like etched into it, um, and the hilt is more, uh, just more. I don't know. <laughs> There's more to Fancy. it. It is fancy. Well, the, yeah, yeah. the hilt kind of like to me, and I don't know if they intended this, but I'm going to go that they did. Um, it's more of an homage, I feel, to the original Shira Tiara. Yeah, um, I could see So I that. like that. Um, and I like how the when it turns into the shield that it's actually that goldish color, kind of like her toy yes. version color of yep. the shield, but still looks like a hundred percent like the filmation shield. Yes. So that, that was, that was amazing uh, to me. And you mentioned the first one's writing, which we didn't even kind of cover, but like, I loved how Adora instinctively was able to read this language. I love that the creators of the show actually put out the alphabet so that we can write our own first one's language. (laughs) Yeah. And the fact that Eternia was the password to get into the Crystal Castle. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, it's cool stuff. That it's some really cool stuff. You know, I'll, I'll just throw this out there too. It mostly to completely horrify John. Oh, no. <laughs> so you're going to you're going to probably hate this. But, it, you know, they, in my brain, so far as it went in watching the show, they, the audio description doesn't really uh describe it describes the action it doesn't describe characters or things for the most part they'll sneak into thing here and there when they can and if if it's important or whatever but like they're not going to go into detail what the sword looked like or whatever right so as far as i was imagining anything 
particularly for the sword because they kept calling it like part of the first one's tech and all all of this i kind of had this image of the 2000x power sword with a gem instead of the cross on it so that was kind of what was in my brain so that's actually good no the actual blade of the sword reminds me a lot of the 2000x sword because the first one's writing kind of looks like that like those wiring things that would be on like the motherboard of a computer. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're not actually far off on on that. That's funny. So okay. kudos. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole And it didn't horrify me. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> the whole first one's writing thing and that she was able to read it. I just had this like flashback of Elvish in Tolkien. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, me too. Oh, good. That me wasn't too. just me. Cool. <laughs> yep. That's that's like first thing I thought of. Love it. I was like, speak friend and enter. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure, well, maybe it wasn't deliberate, but I kind of feel like they throw little things like that. Like, this is in a later episode, but when Seahawk is introduced, like they throw Star Wars references in there. Oh, did they? And oh, I totally yeah. noticed that, right? When, yeah. they, when they meet Seahawk, right? Yep. Even because it looks like the cantina when you first meet Han Solo oh, in Star yes. Wars. Like, even like where he's sitting and, you know, it, it's, I thought it was really cool. And then especially, I was like, oh, you know, maybe they, they've got to be doing a Star Wars thing. And then when he says, uh, you know, how fast, you know, I traveled. Yes. And it, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was like, that. of course. Of course, it's a Han Solo reference. So I thought that was great. Yes, I don't know. You if... know, with with uh, the password being Eternia, Eternia was actually mentioned. I like at least twice, maybe three times throughout the run of the season. Um, and with obviously her for the honor of Grayskull not changing and all that. I, I more time that goes by, the more I think that even if we don't get a lot of it, there's got to be some backstory planned that isn't terribly far off from uh from the classic it doesn't need to be the same the story doesn't need to even be the same but tying tying her to stuff on eternia as more or less as we know it has got to be revealed i think at some point down the line because otherwise i they're they're making too big a deal of that stuff like leaving letting her for the honor of gray schools in there having the Eternia be the password and, and mention again later. And she tries to use it again later, several times and things like that's, I can't imagine that's all just, uh, just a bone to throw to the old fans. Like, I, yeah. I feel like there's gotta be more to it than that. Yeah. And with the flashback with the baby crying and the portal. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, she's, I, I have a feeling we're going to find out that whatever her backstory is, is, it's not going to be so radically different from what we know. Right. I think it will be different, but I bet it's going to be close. Yeah. The battle continues. <laughs> <laughs> well, any other things we need to cover for the first three episodes? I think I think we hit all the major points. Uh, we talked about things like the transformation sequence in the other uh, episode. We got to see the full, obviously, transformation sequence in this. Love the music. Um no real criticism other than she doesn't say I am Shira, but can't win them all. <laughs> I, um, that didn't even occur to me. <laughs> yeah, I love how they, you know, they don't use the transformation sequence every time. 
she just kind of sometimes she just changes yeah and we don't have to sit through the sequence um even though i love this that kind of sequency stuff oh yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> um but yeah no i think a solid solid opening um and we will be back to discuss uh, some more episodes at a later date so everyone, thanks again for your uh, continued support and welcome, hi, to anyone who uh, maybe is a new fan of Shira and you checked out the podcast because you were bored with your Tumblr feed. I don't know. Uh, so I'm, I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I'm Martin Penny and I've never been so alive! <laughs> <laughs> I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratos Macca. And I'm Just Lioncourt, also known as Just Lioncourt. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go for more there, like Lioncourt. <laughs> I, I was going to make a stupid comment, but I realized there's no way I can live up to Martin, so I was just... <laughs> I know, right? Go. Like, he, he, he sold it, so I'm like, yeah, you know what, I can't, I can't uh, follow that, so... <laughs> Martin gets well, to go last from now on. <laughs> <laughs> He has to be the, like, capstone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, like, all good little Eternians and Etherians should do. They don't say goodbye. They say... Good Good journey! I wonder, should we ever note that we do not reflect the opinions of Mattel, Classic Media, DreamWorks, Netflix, or anyone else that watches She-Ra? It's just our opinion. I'm doing this like 20 times. Not that many. <laughs> Pick your favorite. <clears throat> Will you fight for the honor of grace? No. <laughs> I can't think of any other way to say it.